Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can in turn inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we were able to do in his name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Are you going too fast? Not a question we usually entertain, but we will today. And then I'm going to share what I think we can learn from a guy named Tiger Woods. You ever heard of him? (laughs) Uh, And joining me once again for that and so much more is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. So congratulations is in order. Uh, I did this publicly on the the Facebook page the other day, but 50,000 downloads. 50,000 downloads? 50,000 downloads of this podcast so far. And uh, that actually puts us in the top 10% of weekly downloads in the country. And that's 50,000 total, but the amount of downloads we get each week puts us in the top 10% of all podcasts. Wow. Now, I don't want people to go, you know, they're they're about as much as... Uh, <laughs> no, no. The, the big boys get exponentially larger than us, but, I mean, it's it's a great accomplishment. So, And you're the kind of the mastermind behind, behind this whole podcast, you and... And Jared and the whole team over at J Radio. So I just want to say congratulations and thank you for all you do. Well, that's awesome that uh, that that's the case. I, I I was a little humbled when you sent that. I thought, wow, that's pretty impressive. That's that's a lot more than I would have guessed. Yeah. Um, then when you you figure it out by episode, you figure, well, it's not out of the realm of yeah. possibility. And then, uh, but then being in the top ten percent, that was the that was the one to me that was like, yeah. wow, yeah. Wow. And then we need to say thank you to everyone listening because sure. without them, That's right. you know, we would have never hit that number. But I also want to say let's let's hit that next level. So yeah. when you get done with this podcast, hit that like button, yep. like the podcast episode, share it, and do a review. From what I'm understanding, because I did a little research on on this once Jared sent us that email and we'd we'd hit that milestone. But the more the more things you do with the podcast, sharing it, commenting on it, liking it, all of which will take you a total of about 10 seconds. Uh, all of those things helps us move up in the algorithms of the, the podcast world. So if you want to help us out, if you want to kind of give back to this podcast, do those three things for us. Yeah. Like it, comment on it. And give us a review and share and share an episode. If it if you like this episode, share it with people on your social media. It doesn't cost you a dime, but it really helps out the the ratings of this podcast. So at the end of the day, thank you. Uh, we've yeah. been at this now for a hundred. This is a episode one hundred and forty six. Yeah, and uh, you guys are still listening. So <laughs> we, you know, sometimes Dean and I can't figure out why, <laughs> but uh, but you are, and we're grateful for that. So thank you. Well, a good portion of it is because of things like last week where we had Bob LaBelle on. Yeah, here you know, I haven't listened story. to that yet. It hasn't it hasn't come out as of this recording, so I haven't I gotten to hear what you guys talked about. But uh, I heard it was a, a good conversation. Some of his stories just absolutely incredible. So uh, yeah. yeah, if you haven't heard that one, you need to go back last week and listen to to Bob LaBelle's story for 
for sure. Well, before we get started, let's talk about this week's sponsor. And again, if you're a business out there, it's a brand new year, good time. I know a lot of people are working on their marketing budgets. If you have a business out there and would like for to partner with Run for God and allow us to promote what you're doing at the same time you're supporting a ministry that wakes up every morning trying to figure out how we can share the gospel with a lost and dying world, then shoot us an email. You can send it to runlanehollis at gmail.com. Um, and and we can strike up a partnership and start to promote you. But this week's sponsor is SecureMac.com. They are the make- makers of the popular security software MacScan 3. This software protects your computer from threats targeting Macs, which are malware, malware keystroke loggers, and stalkerware. People nowadays are storing more and more of their information on their Macs, which provides an ever-growing target for hackers. Secure Mac has been educating users about security and privacy for over 20 years now. They even have a podcast to inform users of how to protect themselves online, and they can explain it in every in a way that everyone can understand. Try a free scan today, and when you're ready to purchase, use the code RUNNER for a special discount protect your mac before the hackers steal your information uh, and go to securemac.com today and that's growing that's becoming ever more important the further down the road we get um it seems like there's some kind of hacker around every corner i'm pretty good at spotting them you get that suspicious email and you know don't click on a link yeah but there are people out there, uh, people in my family, who have called me and said, I think I clicked something I shouldn't have clicked, and now I've got something on my computer. Whoops. Never a good thing. So no. this is why it's so important to have your have your computers protected, and a Secure Mac can do that for you. For sure. All right, how about a post from last week? This one comes from Polly Garcia, and it says this, Christmas Eve, treadmill, five miles run, missing all my running buddies. The treadmill is not my favorite, but after three days of hibernation, this run felt great. Still too cold for this Texas Mimi to run outside. The best part about this run is I did not fall and it is finished still. Uh, And then she says, still, hashtag missing my running buddies. (laughs) I think we're hearing that from a lot of people the past couple weeks. It got cold. Oh, man. Whoa. Man, but. you know, we took a uh, a little Christmas trip with our kids. My boys had never been on a cruise before, and so we saved up and we went on a cruise right before Christmas. So we we were in eighty five degree weather down in Mexico, and we come back to nine degrees in Georgia, and that was not a fun transition. <laughs> I love cold weather. <laughs> But I like to ease into it. Yeah, and we did not ease into it. So, uh, oh, but yeah, that felt I'm, cold. I'm uh Man, oh man. I'm right with Polly right here. Yeah. Well, she, she she didn't actually, she goes into all the miles she ran after that too. And so you, you would think listening to this that maybe she's one of those, maybe doesn't get in all she wants to and all of that. But she has far surpassed her goal for the year. Really? Uh, I think she had like a thousand mile goal for the year and she's like 1,100 wow. and something miles. Um, I, if I was reading it correctly. Um, so she's uh, she's done really, really well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, I posted something here, uh, last week on Facebook with, uh, where I just recorded something at the end of my run. It was, I, I'd done a long run and it was 10 degrees when I started. Mm. And so, um, my face was frozen and you know, if you run and you, <laughs> it's called your face get, you can't talk. And I thought it'd be funny to record a video of me not being <laughs> able to talk. 
Um, but, you know, I would rather be like that. I would rather be just freezing cold than to run on a treadmill. <laughs> They're yeah. called treadmills for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Now, we still haven't pulled up our uh, Strava Garmin information from the the cruise ship because it had a quarter mile track on deck. Yeah. But, you know, on a cruise ship, you're you're doing like a three minute mile one way and then you're doing like a 15 minute mile the other way because the ship's cruising at like 20 miles an hour or something yeah. like that so that'll be interesting to look at those <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna take that 100 yard stretch and i'm gonna post that on strava yeah. of the of the going with the ship because i'll you know i would have beat usain bolt <laughs> or something so um but yeah. Uh, well, and the other thing she mentions here is that, you know, she's got some running buddies that she normally runs with and they're not running together. And that is a, that's a sad thing. That's hard to get through, but mm-hmm. you know what? It makes the back getting back together. It makes it even better because yeah. you realize what you missed. And so I think it's not a bad thing. So, uh, way to get out there and get it done, Polly. We had a trivia question from <clears throat> two weeks ago and it was this. Two German brothers set up two athletic shoe companies in the 1940s that are still in business today, and both are very active in the running world. Who are the brothers, and what are the two shoe companies? You knew this one. I knew this one. Yeah. yeah. Only because of Coley. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, Is that how you knew it? Uh, yeah, I remember hearing it from him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, and that's probably the first place I heard it. Yeah. Adolf and Rudolf Dossler <clears throat> created the shoe brands Adidas and Puma. And uh, uh, they were born in Herzegenera, I think it's called, it, uh, in, in Germany. And uh, they were born way back in the 1898 and 1900, so a long time ago. Um, their shoe journey brought them to that. They actually started making shoes that were, were um, I don't think they were athletic shoes at the time, but they were called Sport, sport, sport Fabric Jebruder Dossler or Gata Shoe. Um, so that's what their original company was called. They ran this company together. They started this company together. And um, they became pretty successful in a time when the, the political climate in Germany was really crazy in the 30s and 40s. But they became pretty, uh, pretty popular. Um, in the 1936 Olympics, um, both the brothers both designed a special racing shoe for Jesse Owens, mm-hmm. and Jesse Owens wore their shoes in the Olympics. That really helped them take off. I don't know if that's the first big running sponsorship, but it sounds like it very well may be. Um, but um, it, it was interesting, those guys being from Germany um, and sending shoes to Jesse Owens, who obviously was not liked by the chancellor of Germany at mm-hmm. the time. <laughs> Um, was, but they they just wanted to to do some good stuff. So, anyway, it was a big hit. They were selling two hundred thousand pairs of shoes every year before World War II. Um, so that was a lot, and the government noticed, and so the government apparently forced them to make some anti tank weapons with the manufacturing machinery that they made. So it looked to the outside world as if they were kind of sympathetic to the socialist cause of the time. And, um, but um, they were told they were going to shut their factories down. When, the, when World War II was over, they were told, you're going to have to shut your factories down. And they, they were like, um, but we were only doing that because they made us do it. And so they let them keep their, <laughs> keep their uh, factories over, open. Um, 
But anyway, at some point in time, Adolf and Rudolph got to the point where they couldn't get along. They were very different guys. One of them was um, kind of a marketing guy. Another one was kind of more of a sales guy. And so they didn't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. And so they split and they decided to make their own brands. <clears throat> so Adolf continued with a brand that they had started under the Gata name. And he called it Adidas. Adidas. Yeah. Adidas. And that's what the name Adidas comes from. So if you ever thought, if you ever wondered where the name Adidas comes from, that's where it comes from. Rudolph came up with a new, with came up with a brand which eventually became Puma, but at first was called Ruda, which was short for Rudolph Dossler. Um, so Adidas and Puma are the two brands that are currently there today. As I understand it, they are uh, number two and number three. I didn't realize Puma was that big. Yeah, because they're not huge in America, but yeah. everywhere else in the world, it's a huge brand, especially yeah. in the, I guess, the soccer world. Yes. Um, they're humongous brands. That's right. And but how did it go from... Um, how did it go from Ruta to Puma? Ruta to Puma. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I assume that Puma just—he just decided on that because it's a—it's an animal and it's a—you know—so mm. he had a reason to call it that. Adidas doesn't mean anything other than somebody's name. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they've both both been promoted by some big names back in the '60s: Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Um, one promoted one, and one promoted the other. <laughs> Which was interesting. So not only were the <laughs> brothers fighting, but they had fighters fighting mm -hmm. in their shoes. Um, Pele was uh, uh, paid by Puma and, uh, to, to wear their shoes. He was paid like $100,000 in 1970 to wear their shoes. So wow. he goes out in the middle of a, of a World Cup game. He made this deal with Puma that he would go out to midfield and ask and the referee for a timeout so he could tie his shoes. Well, this was at a time when TV was was obviously a big thing, and of course, World Cup is huge, and so he they also paid the cameraman to zoom in on Pele when he bent over to tie his shoes. <laughs> Inside <laughs> so he, job, so people would see that he was wearing Puma shoes. So uh, yeah, I I don't know the the whole story between Adi and Rudolph uh, is is interesting, and both became very successful, but they never apparently reconciled. They're actually buried in opposite ends of the cemetery in their hometown um, one died in 74 the other in 78 so it's been a while um, and you wonder you know Nike's the largest shoe manufacturer today sports shoes and you wonder if the timing of their death had something to do with Nike exploding like it did you know hmm. maybe the fact they died right about the time where Nike was getting really really when they really exploded and took off um, so I, I, I don't know if Adidas, maybe if the, the two brothers were still around, maybe, maybe Adidas would have been bigger. I don't know. It's, it's funny how interesting thought. Uh, sibling rivalry can do that sometimes. You know, the two of the largest trucking companies in the United States, which are both, both based out of Chattanooga, are two brothers. Is that right? U.S. Express and Covenant Transport huh. is Max and Clyde Fuller. They started together. And then they split, and one went on to be U.S. Express, one went on to be Covenant Transport, which are two of the largest in the country now. Yeah, and they're so both huge. That's, uh, wow. that's interesting. Yeah, yep. All, All right. right, so uh, teaching a class. It's not too late. January 23rd, today is the 9th of January. Still, Still plenty of time weeks. to get a class together. Like I said, don't think that you have to – I've said this – several times before don't think that you have to have this big room in your church 
this massive schedule and lots of complicated moving parts. It can be as simple as calling three other people and saying, hey, do y'all want to do this? Let's meet at my house on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. You've got a TV. You watch the videos. You talk about what those videos said to you, and you go for a run. It really can be that simple. Now, if you've got, we've got several big classes starting. We've got several people who have everything online and we've made it easy for you either way you want to go. So don't think it's, don't think you're too late to the game right now. Don't think, ah, oh, the, you know, the holidays got me down. I just didn't get time to get around and post my class. Now there's still time, you know, yeah. one or two people doing this with you will make it a hundred times easier when you've got people doing it with you. So Go to runforgod.com, go to the instructor's dashboard, check it out, and uh, teach a class in your community, even if it's just two or three other people. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're of a mind to do a marathon and you got it on a bucket list, don't forget about that, too. Counts to marathon. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it on your own starting in February, or you can start with us January 23rd. That's when the Counts to Marathon and the Nationwide 5K Challenge start. So if you're out there and you're thinking, I would love to do this, but I don't have a class, I don't want to teach a class. Well, we've got a huge community for you to join right now. Yep. If you're not a member of Run Club, go to runforgod.com and join that today. It's $9.97 a month, $0.27 cents a day. And we were just talking before this podcast what all that does mm-hmm. uh, for this ministry. This allows us – we've had almost 500 salvations since we started keeping track in 2017. Um that that blows my mind. We yeah. talk about fifty thousand podcast downloads. That doesn't That's hold a candle to what almost five hundred salvations means. That's um, right. You're helping to make that possible yep. with your yes. You're getting all the good stuff. You're getting the training plans, the encouragement, the accountability, the community, everything we could go through. But the most important thing you're doing is you're supporting a ministry that actively seeks to spread the gospel through the running community and it's an enormous mission field Amen. 60 million people in the u.s alone amen if your teen is into rock and metal music that makes your ears bleed and your grandmother clutch her pearls we can help if your spouse yearns for music from the old days and wants to relive the music of their glory years we can handle that If you need a break from the day to spend time with God and recognize His goodness, we'd love to be a part of that. Whether it's rock and metal, classic songs from decades past, or heartfelt worship music, J-Radio has you covered. Sign up for an account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store to start listening for free today. if you just happened up on this podcast don't forget that uh, or if you don't know this we do a thursday night thing and if you're a member just like you just talked about then you can tune in on these thursday night live sessions and we talk about all sorts of things there so uh catch that if you can that's a lot of fun you don't even have to be there live you can actually catch it on a rewatch or a re i don't know we call that a re is that a rerun (laughs) i think about reruns i think we call it archives 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 all right Yeah. yeah Um, so those things are all available. Because so, if you've uh, if you've never watched it, then it's not a rerun. That's right? yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. If, if there's a episode of the Andy Griffith show that you've never seen and you watch it, did you watch a rerun? Yeah, I don't. That, 
if a tree falls in the forest, does it really make a sound? That's too deep for me. (laughs) That's too deep. All right. We also need new stories. So uh, we're, we're sharing stories here on this podcast regularly and that's the heartbeat of this podcast Mm -hmm. and we need some more stories. So I know we talk about it all the time. People say, I don't have a story. You do have a story. Mm-hmm. and uh, We're going to call baloney on you if you say that. That's right. <laughs> and whatever your story is, somebody needs to hear it. Because exactly. somebody can be encouraged by how you got to the point where you are today. So uh, share those stories with us. Uh, and you can be creative. It doesn't have to be your salvation story. It can be uh, a, a running and a God story. It can, it can be a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So do you have goals for 2023? I do. Yeah. yeah, I guess my fitness goal is, you know, I'm trying to get back into running shape. I want to do a, a marathon next fall. Uh, I've got a couple in mind, but I want to try to get below that four hour mark. Yeah, I know that's you laugh at that number, but for me, that's a that's a big milestone, and I'd like to get get down back below that. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. That's uh, I'm looking at one up in I've I've never been up in the New England area. Oh, yeah? And I'm looking at a marathon this fall in Maine. Really? Uh, yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. I've never it, been up that way, and I've always wanted to go. And what better way to travel than to go on a runningcation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Is that a real word? Runningcation. 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 Runningcation, yeah. Runningcation, yeah. Runningcation, yeah. Maine in, in, in the fall. Yeah. When the leaves are all. Like sept, late September, yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty And it's cool. in a little town. It's not a huge marathon. I can't even remember the name of it right now, but it's in one of those little towns where you know, you can get done with a marathon and go eat lobster till your eyes pop out. Cause you got to eat lobster in Maine, right? That's right. I think that's a rule. Yeah. All right, maybe a law. Um, yeah, I think I've got some goals too. I think I went five years in a row where I ran at least 3000 miles a year. Mm-hmm. And then I haven't for the last three or four years. And I think I want to get back on that streak next year. So I think I'm going to try to run 3000 miles next year. Hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I'd like to, I've been on a, a str- over the last couple of years, ever since I turned 55, I've been trying to break some state records in my age group. I think there's a couple left, the 10K and the 10, the 10K and the half marathon are two records that um, I'd like to aim for. The half marathon record's tough. Now, you just recently got the 10 miler, right? I did. You got the 10 yeah. miler, you got the 5K. And the 8K. And the 8K. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, Good job, uh, Dean. So I'm working my way through the, through that record book, hopefully. We'll see. I got to stay healthy. That's the main thing, right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you do resolutions? I mean, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know if I really state those, if I really write those down. I mean, yeah, we all resolve to to have a better quiet time, uh, time with God. I've, I've got some things. I, I, we're not going to announce it on here, but you and I both – yeah, we were both thinking of something very similar to do through Run for God. At the same, it was weird. Yeah, we talked about it a while ago. You was like, "I'm gonna think about doing this," and I'm like, "Look well, what I'm working on. Look what I'm working on." I pulled it up, <laughs> and it was almost the same exact thing. So more to that, more more to come on that. But yeah, I mean, it's I think with resolutions, it's all about putting things in place that hold you accountable. That's right. That's the secret. And yeah. both of what we're thinking is definitely going to hold us accountable because sure. once we say it we got to do it right that's right that's you know right. came back off so yeah For sure yeah well and that's what uh that's what I'm, I'm i'm working on so all right well i've always said that running will teach you humility 
And we have a story this week along those lines. It comes from Donna A. Bear. She made sure in this one to to uh, tell us how to pronounce her name because I think she's had a story before and we called her. We we said her name wrong. Yeah. So it's yeah. Donna A. Bear. Uh, so thanks for clarifying that, Donna. Absolutely. Because we're from the South and we say what the letters say. So. That's, and if it's anything different, we need to know. That's right. This one's called The Call to Discipleship and Learning to Be Still. Another great run as I continue to train for a 10K race. Today, I had the joy of two grandchildren tagging along. My six-year-old grandson wanted to run with me. So he started next to me, but then he sprinted ahead as he was trying to outrun me. I quickly stopped him to let him know that in this training, it's not about being faster, but it's about running farther. And by going too fast, you will tire out much more quickly and you won't be able to go as far. This got me thinking, isn't that true in our spiritual journey? Sometimes we try going too fast. We desire to be as spiritual as another, so we try to read 10 chapters a day, pray for three hours at 2 a.m., or read the entire Bible in three months. But then we end up burning out, and we feel like we failed when all we did was start out too fast. So many times we rush ahead of God when all He wants is for us to slow down so we can go farther. Be still and know He is God, Psalm 37, 7. Slowing down allows us to listen better and grow stronger. It's not about how fast we get there. It's about the maturity or distance, if you will. Running this race with endurance takes time, and we, we have a great distance to go. So slow down, take your time, breathe. My grandson running with me also reminded me of the call to make disciples. We should always be coming alongside someone to help them in their race, to encourage them in the word, to guide them into all truth. As the Great Commission says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Then I had my beautiful granddaughter who chose to ride her bike and carry my water bottle. She was able to do the run with ease as she pedaled beside me. She reminded me, in this spiritual journey, we need those who are more mature in their faith and who will come alongside us and encourage us, disciple us, refresh us with the water of the Word. My running has definitely caused me to think on spiritual things all the time. I hope my ramblings can bless you today in some way. I run for God, for His glory, and to make His name great. And I thank Him for speaking to me as I train. He is worthy. Soli Deo Gloria, Donna Abair. Hmm. That's a great story, Donna. Yeah, yeah I think she hits some some pretty yeah timeless truths here. Yeah, because um, we all do that. Oh yeah, I, I think about um, oh gosh, I can't ever remember the the, uh, the lady that helped with cross country. Her daughter. Um, Oh I'm having goodness. a senior moment here. I pulled her tooth. Anyway, I, I got her out on the track sometimes, and she would just take off running, and and I would say, we're going to try to do one whole lap and not stop. Well, she would just take off. Ellison. Ellison. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you, Dean. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we see this all the time with kids, but how many times are we just like those kids in mm. our spiritual life? Yep. Yeah. And you don't, it's, it's, you don't really think about your spiritual life being that way, but it is. And that's, I think you and I both are cautious about what we were talking about earlier, that we may 
talk about on on Run Club that we're yeah. going to do because you've got to count. You got to think about the commitment. Yeah. And so many times we have these big grand ideas, but we're not able to follow through because I'm not going to say because we can't, but because we didn't count the cost in the beginning, yeah. time constraints and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, dead on. I heard somebody say one time, it was Heather Lyles. Do you remember Heather? She was an instructor at the Methodist Church here early yeah. on. Yeah. And she did a, back when we were meeting at different churches for different classes, she spoke at one of the churches and she gave the example of new believers and how as new believers, you, you need to you need to walk. Yeah. You don't need to run. She said, "You as a new believer, you wouldn't go dive into a a Beth Moore study. Yeah, you dive into some more basic things." And she talks about how we do that with our spiritual lives all the time. We 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 get motivated, which is good, but we bite off more than we can chew so many times. And we say it all the time: consistency over time is the key yeah. to success. Yeah, the phrase that that gets to my mind from when I was younger was we used to talk about our eyes being bigger than our stomach. Yeah, you know where where you you want to eat this big meal because it's there. Yeah, but then you can't finish it and you waste food because you, you yeah. just you thought you could do more than you thought. And and I think we do that with everything. And yeah. um, she talks about slowing down, and I mm-hmm. think that's the key is to is to go a little bit slower, just like you said. What's the reason we warn everybody? When they start, especially if you start the 5K challenge, don't do more than the plan says. Yeah. Because so many people, most people, I'm going to say most in America, yeah, could go out and run five or six miles today. Yeah. You're 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 not going to like what comes next. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. so we don't we don't want that because it's you hear people say you know people burn out in running. I I don't really believe that. I don't really buy into that. I think they do too much too soon. Mm-hmm. they get that soreness that they've never felt in their life and on the border of injury and they stop because of that. Yeah. Well, running's bad for you. No, the way you did it is bad for you. Yep. Um, so yeah, pace yourself. Yeah. And you, you don't have to be super structured. Like, no. you know, you my just case, need to be consistent as much training as, as I do. I'm not really stru- super structured right. in my training, but I do make sure I'm going to run every day. That's my, my system is right. that every day I'm going to run and I'll get my run in and, and just doing that keeps me in great shape. We don't always have to be in an, an exhaustive uh, theological Bible study. That's right. We just need to read our Bible every day. Yep, that's it. And pray and talk to God. And those are the keys. It's it's not always this complicated thing that we say. That's why we always try to keep all of our challenges very basic, very yeah. simple. There yeah. are much more complex training plans out there. But I, I'm, I'm going to stop short of saying they're not necessary because they are necessary for some people, but by and large, the majority of people, it just needs to be simple. That's it. Matthew twenty eight nineteen says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Great Commission. Mm-hmm. It's the, the name of the game, the reason for our existence, right? Um, but it's hard. It's really hard to do this uh, for, for whatever reason. I think part of the problem uh, part of the problem here is I, I went back and I'm reading this and I'm thinking part of the problem here is the way that this is worded, right? Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the, with the Bible <laughs> or anything like that. But we look at that because what does it say? It says, go and make disciples of all nations. Well, the, the truth is 
is that phrase doesn't mean go out there and force people to become disciples, but that's the way we read it sometimes, as if we have to go through all this extra stuff to make somebody a disciple of Jesus Christ. All we're called to do is really share mm-hmm. and let folks know what Christ has done in our lives. We're to be a disciple in front of this world. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And when we do that, people are going to wonder, well, what's he got? You know, what, what what's in his life that makes him walk around like he does all the time and be so positive in times when things are negative and um, those things make a big difference and that's being a disciple. But we've got to share that reason too. We do. Uh, that's why I, I I like the the saying or the, I don't even know what you call it, The it's not a proverb, Francis of Assisi where it says, preach the gospel and if necessary use words. Yep. I like the sentiment there, but I think it falls a little bit short because you do have to speak. You to to carry out the great commission you do have to talk to people you yeah. have to to actively share um the gospel so here's a hard question okay as a christian are you doing what you need to do if you're not sharing christ with unsaved people um i i think it comes down to what do you do in the instances where you're prompted to share the gospel yeah because there have been many 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 times, more than I care to admit, times mm-hmm. that I have felt the nudging of the Holy Spirit, Mitchell, do this, do that, talk to this person, and I didn't do it. So in in that instance, no, I'm not. Um, are we are we to go around and just talk to everyone we see? No, I think this is where our daily walk, our 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 relationship, getting to know the voice of God. That's what it comes down to is are you being obedient? Because he he doesn't call us to speak to everybody. Yeah. But he does at times call us to speak to people. And it's what are you doing in those instances? Are you being obedient or are you not? And a lot of times I'm not. And, you know, I think I think we all fall into that category. But it's are we doing better today than we did yesterday? And that's that's growth. That's a good point. Yeah, I think we can always find ways to share, even if they're subtle. Um, sure. I think it's I think it's incumbent upon all of us to find a way to do that. Psalm thirty-seven, seven. Be still and know He is God. He's got this. I can I can just set my eyes on Him and relax. Stop fretting. That's of course that's her words there at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the the I think it actually I think the, the verse actually says, "Be still, and know that I am God." Um, yeah, I think she's putting all these in first person. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, I noticed she did that a while ago, which is fine. Yeah, yeah which is which is interesting. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, and this is this is really hard for me. It's hard for you. It's hard to be still, right? <laughs> I mean, it just is. Right now, we've got a puppy at our house that is our daughter's puppy, and that dog never stops moving. He, ne- I mean, that dog moved. I can't believe how much. He'll just run circles around Debbie. Debbie will walk around the house, and he'll just go, he'll just keep going circles around her the yeah. whole time. And um, he's just a puppy, and he, he doesn't. I, I guess he doesn't know any better. But you can tell. You can see she'll tell him to stop, and he'll try, and he'll wiggle <laughs> around, you know, because he, he can't be still. And I feel that way sometimes. <laughs> you know, I feel like I just can't be still, um, but we need to. Uh, and this being still, I don't think that the being still that he's talking about in the Bible here in Psalm Psalms is not 
physically it's your spirit be still it's your spirit yes mm-hmm. and um that a lot of times that goes with the physical side because so many times i mean what do we do what, what what is it that gets us what is it that wakes us up at two in the morning sometimes what is it that gets us anxious it's us thinking about how we can fix something mm-hmm. and there's some things that we can't fix mm-hmm. and we've got to be okay with that and we just need to be still. And I think that's what it's talking about here is he is God. And in some, in many cases, that's the answer. Yeah. And, but that's hard to accept for us, for, for me and you, especially we're doers. We won't, yeah. we need to help God. We've talked about this so many times <laughs> yeah. and, and I hate to admit that, but we fall into that trap of, well, you know, God, if I just do this, that'll help you alone. That usually runs off the rails, down the ditch, and explodes. Yeah. Um, when when we don't feel like there's a direction, and man, it's so convicting to say it out loud. A lot of times that means just stop. Yeah. Just stop. It's it's kind of like I'm trying to think of a one time Landon was out there and he 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 was working on a table. And he messed something up on an epoxy pour. And he called me frantically, come here and help me clean this up. I got to get this cleaned up before it hardens and dries. And epoxy's like a resin. And I went out there, and he's just working himself to death. And I said, Landon, just stop. Let this dry, and then we can fix it tomorrow. When it's dry, we can sand it and all this. But so many times we're landing. We're yeah. out there trying to. It's true. It's 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 running off of this side of the table. And we're trying to pick it up, and it's running off the other side of the table. And the best thing to do is just stop. Yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but we're we're not wired that way a lot of times. No, and it strikes me that when this was written, this was written in a time when things were pretty simple. We didn't have to worry about our air conditioning going out when this was written. Yeah, you know, we didn't have to worry about whether our car was going to get us to work. We didn't. There's, there's a lot of things that we have to worry about today that we never had to worry. They didn't have to worry about about that. Now there were some things they had to worry about then. We didn't. Have to, we don't have to worry about today. But for the most part, our lives are so much busier. We today. don't have to worry about a line creeping in our house during that's, the middle of the night. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but. It does make this verse even harder today than it was when it was written. And it, I can't help but think that God knew at the point that this verse was written just how important this verse was going to be for today. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's the the idea of being still today is so much more foreign than it was a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's still incredibly important to, to do that. Um, yeah. I, and... <laughs> do you ever like you when i watch a movie i find myself sitting on the couch and we try to we watch a bunch of christmas movies during christmas that's debbie and mine that's our thing right and so we'll sit there and watch a movie but i find myself wanting to pick up my computer or pick up my phone and wanting to do two things at one time and we think we can do this multitasking thing but what happens is i pick up my phone and five minutes later something's happened in the movie i'm like oh i don't know how they got where that you know because you can't multitask you can't do that yeah people think you can multitasking is not a thing it means you're doing two things it's a myth that's right yeah and uh anyway uh but that's that's why it's so important because we think we've got to be doing stuff all the time. And the truth is, is, if we don't stop, we can't hear God as clearly as we need to unless we're 
still and our mind is receptive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would almost say you, I might get some blowback for this, but I would say you can't hear it. Yeah. That's a good, unless you're still, um, it's why, I mean, some of the, this one, this is the one that drives me crazy and it does. And it does. There's been so many times God talks to me. He wakes me up. (laughs) Do you have that? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so mad in, 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 in the beginning, I'm like, God, just let me go to sleep. I will pray. I will try to pray myself back to sleep. And the answer is get out of bed. Two in the morning, three in the morning. And I'll come in here. That is some of the closest connections that I've had with God in different seasons of my life have been sitting right here at three o'clock in the morning. Wow. And it's because it's quiet. Mm-hmm. All the kids are asleep. There's no TV on. There's nobody calling, texting. Everything's quiet. And what is sad is in today's society, that's very uncomfortable. Yeah. It's very, especially kids, they can't, they can't sit and do nothing. You know, mm-hmm. we talk, I, t- I talk yeah. about all the time, you got to find time to do nothing. And that is a, that is a lost thing. Even with me, I mean, it is, it's, mm-hmm. but I, I know the value of it yeah. and I need to do more of it. But sometimes I don't make that time and God makes that time. Yeah. And he does it in the middle of the night. And uh, so if, if you're one of those people that you just eyes pop wide open in the middle of the night, it's an opportunity there. Yeah. Get up, go to your prayer closet and see what God's got to say. He's, he's calling. Yeah. You know, good word. All right. Here's another first Thessalonians five fourteen instructs us to encourage the faint hearted and help the weak. Be patient quote. And we urge you brothers and sisters warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. And then Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And then she says, But it begins with the indwelling word of God, so we must know, we must know the word to encourage others in their walk. Hmm. What this kind of tells me, what, what she's got here is... We should be encouraging. We should always, you know, we should be working to be encouraging all the time, but we have to do it in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? Um, God wants us to to encourage people in a way that, like Jesus encouraged people. Now, Jesus wasn't always preaching to people, but when he encouraged people, he was encouraging them in a particular direction, right? Um and I think about in the Bible all the examples, so many examples in the Bible of encouragers. I think about Moses encouraging Joshua before he goes into the promised land, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he takes him aside and says, this is going to be great, and you're going to lead the people, and he pumps him up. So he's like a football coach getting him ready to go into battle, right? But then you know, I got the other side of that too where um, Jesus is encouraging the woman caught in adultery. You know, he's being an encourager at the same time he's admonishing her. Right. And that's kind of what, what she's talking about here. Um, and that's that's who that's who we're to be. And there's there's times to do it in a in a there's time there's a lot of varieties of ways to do it, I guess I, I is what I'm trying to get at. Um, 
and and there's countless examples but we have to we have to look for them we mm-hmm. have to find them and, and they're all around us right uh, but we miss them so many times how I many you just mentioned missing opportunities to share christ mm-hmm. we miss opportunities to encourage people probably more often <laughs> right oh yeah i know that a lot of times i i my heart's been changed over the past years that a lot of times it used to really irritate me whenever i would be at a checkout line and the cashier would be griping about their job or that they were clearly miserable in what they were doing. That used to really get to me. It used to bother me. I'm like, listen, I'm giving you money. You should be happy, <laughs> you know? But over the last few years, I'm more impressed to say, to try to encourage them to go, to, to understand they're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's something that I can say that can encourage them to, to have a better day. Maybe I can change the, the direction of their day, even if it's just a little bit. And um, those opportunities are all around us, mm-hmm. but we have to look for them. But in the past, I never looked for it. I, I, I griped instead of looking in, looking for that opportunity. Well, and it's it's <clears throat> it's fun. It's satisfying. It is to do. It's sometimes it's intimidating to do it, but once you do it, it it's the old cliche of it's it's better to give than than to receive, and that. As I get older, I see how true that is. Mm-hmm. It's um, to see the joy on somebody's face that you just took a little bit extra time and, and talked to, or you took a little bit extra money and you gave that bigger tip. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about a while ago, there's so many things we can do without ever speaking. Now, I do say you have to speak, but there's so many ways we can point people to Jesus through exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's taking that we're such in a hurry all the time. Yeah. But it's it's that cashier that's in line that's just having a bad day. It's it's never about you. We always want to make it about us. Yeah. That person's attacking me. No, their mom just died. Yeah. Or they're going through a divorce or what it's it is very rarely, very rarely ever about us. And so because it's not about us, we have the opportunity to encourage that person. Now, if it's about you and you were just a jerk the last time you came in, then yeah, you probably ought to keep your mouth shut this time because you're not <laughs> going to be very effective. Yeah. But if if we're if we're striving to live our life in a way to be an encouragement, when we cross those people who are who just have something else going on that we don't know anything about, man, that is a vividly way to shine Christ. Yeah. Um, and we should we should seize those opportunities, but those are the times where many times we are disobedient, and that we don't take those opportunities. And let me add, you also have to understand that there are a lot of people who are covering up their need for encouragement. Oh yeah, um, so many people. And I, the example that I would give is: Do you think your preacher needs encouragement? Mm-hmm. You know, your preacher's busy all the time giving all this encouragement to everybody else. Your preacher needs some encouraging, and um, if we're not doing that, we're not we're not holding up our end of the bargain. Well, we have to. Everybody has to have encouragement. That's right. And I finally got into the place. I'll just say that I've, I've gotten to the place in my marriage where my, if if I'm tied up in knots, I've gotten to the point in my marriage now where I just go to Holly and say, "Look, I need to get some stuff off my chest. Nothing to do with her, but I know." 
who Holly is, and she's going to be there to encourage me. And right. it makes everything better. Yeah. Where if if I don't, that's me asking for it. Yeah. <laughs> she knows now when I just, you know, just start blabbering about something that's on my mind. <laughs> that's me asking for yeah. encouragement, and she gives it freely. And it's man, it changes my walk. It changes my day when I get that. So we need to we need to reciprocate that for sure. Here's a question. Who has God placed in my life that I can come alongside to encourage them in their Christian walk? You know, I mentioned um, the the boy that's in my neighborhood, eighth grader, Nate, um, who is, he's just beginning his running journey. He's, you can tell he's at a point right now where he's a little bit discouraged. I haven't seen him out running very often lately. Um he, he was one of those. He started out and did a whole bunch to start with, and now he's he's fading, which is fine. This time of year is not a bad time for that to happen. Um, but I, I feel like that's something I should be doing. Mm-hmm. I need to get out there and I need to I need to text him and say, "Hey, let's go for a run," and let's so I can encourage him to continue to go um, because there are opportunities in those runs that we have where we can talk about spiritual things, and mm-hmm. it can usually. At almost every run, something spiritual is going to come up in our conversation, um, and so it's a great way. In my in my in my life, I think about that that, mm-hmm. that that's a person that God has put there for me. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I also think about the uh, you know our college girls. That's that's another bunch that that are there, and a lot of them are there. A lot of those girls are Christians, um, but I've got a whole new group coming up that. Uh, they're track only. I call them track only athletes. They don't run cross country, so they're going to join our group now in the next couple of weeks. And I don't know them. There's a few of them I don't know at all. I know their names. I've talked with them, and that's about it. Hmm. And so um, I'm going to get an opportunity to hopefully mm-hmm. learn something and make an impact with some folks that maybe they really need it. Mm-hmm. Another question, who do I look up to as more mature in the faith that I can glean from them and listen to their wise counsel? I've got a laundry list of those. Yeah. Um, But I think it's important that we reach out to those people. I I think a lot of times we have names in our head. I had one in my office this morning who, you know, you it's 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 one thing to have those people that you know it's another people to actually seek their wise counsel yeah and i think that's for me a lot of times that's where i fail is i'm doing all right i don't i don't need that right now but we do need that that's a good point yeah we also need to listen to i was just telling debbie last night debbie is one of those people who if she meets somebody and she feels like there's a little sketchiness behind that person I probably didn't notice it, but she did, and she's usually right. <laughs> and so, good judge of character. She's a great judge of character, yeah. and so there. And there's the opposite. Sometimes there's somebody who I I don't think a whole lot of them for whatever reason, and Debbie <laughs> thinks they're the, you know, the bee's knees. And I'm like, well, if Debbie thinks that, that so she's kind of a guide for me for people. Mm-hmm. When, when it you know she's of course she's an optimist so she's usually looking at the good side of everything but um she's she's really good at that and so the people that are around us who are um 
some kind of a guide for us. In, mm-hmm. in this case, it's a judge of character. But in, in a lot of other cases, I had an old preacher who, um, gosh, it was, it was so fascinating to listen to him talk because he always found a way to be encouraging and to put some put Jesus in every conversation, hmm. every single one, no matter what we were talking about. And um, that was an encouragement, but it also gave me a way, something to emulate mm-hmm. and to try to, to uh, do the same thing for other people that he does for me. And that's why we have these, I call them mentors, right? Well, I mean, yeah, we, we you hear about, I mean, like Run for God has a board of directors. We, you know, we have somebody that's a, a very business-minded person. We have my pastor and then we have a couple that are just incredible prayer warriors Mm. we we need that in our personal life we we all need a board of directors (laughs) um i mean you know a lot of a lot of a lot of people say you need a you need an accountant you need an attorney and you need a a financial guy in your corner well that's that that is three you need but you also need prayer warriors you need somebody who's strong in the faith that you can learn from it's that whole side that we often neglect and we don't Mm. think we need that, but we, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Yep. I've always said that. I never want to be the smartest person in the room because you you stop learning. That's right. You stop getting wisdom. Um, when you're this, when you become the smartest person in the room and you also become arrogant. Yeah. (laughs) It, you know, too. So, um, yeah, get, get a, get a board of directors around you. That includes people who are a hero, a modern day hero of the faith, prayer warriors, and people that you can share your struggles with. I, and it's really you mentioned before seeking those people out. I think that's more important today than it has ever been before, mm-hmm. because as we've seen over the past year or two, we can't trust a lot of people around us that we thought we could trust at one time. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking about public life, you know, that, that. And social media, social media, the news that, you know, there's just so much out there now that is just, we got to find, we got to find grounding in people we can trust. You need to find warm blooded people who, you know, them, you don't know the person who, and I'm sitting here saying this and we're talking on a podcast. You, you don't know Dean and I should not be your, spiritual counsel for sure <laughs> emphatically we should not <laughs> we we i feel like we point people but we should not be we should not be on your board of directors that's right because you can't shake our hand right now you need a warm-blooded body that you can go sit down with at breakfast and say hey i'm dealing with this uh, we're, we're just supplements we're, we're just we're the we're the vitamins yeah you, you you, you got to have that meal that's right that you can that's sit down and that, and that's that's people you know and love and you see on a daily or weekly basis not just somebody not talking heads on the radio and i'm going to put us in that category because mm-hmm. you you need to you don't need to take what we say as the gospel you need to go read it for yourself charlie is my pastor is always it really sticks out how much he says this he'll be talking about something in the bible and he'll say listen don't take my word for it. Go go look this up yourself and educate yourself. But so many mm. times we just, our society, we believe whatever we hear on social media or the internet or 
nowadays the news and we don't we don't have those people in our corner that will ask us the challenging questions and challenge what was being said that we think we know yeah yeah we're just we're reading headlines these days yeah you know we just read it's headlines. dangerous we move very on. dangerous yeah, it is for sure last question am i teachable or am i a, def- a defensive person God has given us pastors, teachers, etc., for the building up of the body of Christ. Am I humble and receive correction well? Do I ignore the lo- the log in my eye and only seeing the specks in my brother's eye? Am I a disciple and also one who disciples others? There's always someone younger in their faith that I can pour into. She asked about twelve questions there. <laughs> they all uh, they all step on mine and yours toes. Yes, I know they that. Do. I know that. Yes, they do. Uh, Cause I think, man, you're you're the same. We're the same here. It's when somebody um, calls us on the carpet. Yeah, maybe that's the wrong phrase. Ask us a tough question. Our first response is defense. Yeah. Um, but like I just said, you've got to have those people in your life who you can trust, and know that the reason they're asking those tough questions is for your own good. Yeah. Um, but even then. I mean, the guy this morning that was in my office, I completely trust. And he asked some hard questions this morning. Yeah. He's on our board of directors. And, but we need that. Yeah. We've got to have that. Otherwise, we'll slip off into an abyss of sin and everything else. We've got to have people holding us accountable, but it hurts sometimes. Yeah. Well, we got we to gotta have our toes stepped on occasionally. And sometimes we need to not be wearing shoes. I mean, we, we, we yeah, I mean, I tell so my pastor, open. those are the best sermons, the yeah. ones where I leave and I'm mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? By the next morning, I'm over it because I realized it wasn't what he said. It wasn't. It's just like when HR said, Mitch, don't let this become your God 13 years ago to me about the sport of running. Yeah. I was so mad. Yeah. For about a day. Then I realized it. It wasn't because HR said it. It was because it was true. Yeah. And that, those are the ones that hurt the worst. Yeah. Is we know it's true. But we just want to lash back out. Yeah. Well, and I, I find myself kind of, I'm on both ends of the spectrum and never in the middle. So I'm either, <laughs> I am either super uh, sensitive and, and, and react in a, in a way that I'm just violent in my reaction. Or you tell me something, I'm like, ah, oh, totally got it. Yeah, no right. problem at all. Yeah. You don't like the way I do this? Fine. I will change right now. Yeah. You know, and, and it doesn't bother me at all. And so I'm on both sides of that spectrum, and I'm never that guy who just goes, "Well, maybe." You know, no. I'm <laughs> but I would think I would think that's not true. I would challenge you on that because I would say there's been times where Debbie has said something, and you know better than to be way over here and violent. And you think about it for a day, and you're like, hmm, "She's right." Yeah, but my initial reaction. My, my long-term It doesn't reaction, come out, though. Right, exactly. Yeah, yes. You know better. That's true. My, <laughs> but my initial reaction right. can Internal. be very, very negative. Yeah. And, uh, That's yeah, true. Yeah. But, it, yeah, yeah. It's, but you're right. Because we both know they're usually right. That's right. Better if we keep They know us better sure. than we know us. That's so. right. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it. 
with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com. All right, we're back. And one of the things I was thinking about recently, I don't know, the end of the year stuff, you start thinking about things. And um, I was thinking about how running has changed since I began running. Now, you began running way later than me, so it hadn't changed nearly as much for you. Um, but I was thinking about the way that running has transformed over the years and how different it is today than it was in the late 70s. You mean everything 80s, around so. running? Not running itself. Yeah, well, that's true. Everything that supports running, and but but the way we the way we go about it, everything. You know, I think about um, the GPS watch. Of course, is a big thing for me mm. because I remember, you know, back then we were fortunate if we had a watch that we could time ourselves on. Um, back see, in, when I started running, which was only in oh seven, yeah. There was no GPS watches. Yeah, I mean, they're like I think I've said on here, there's still marks on our road out yeah. here where I would run out and back, and I knew that if I started at that mark, went to that mark way out there, and came back, it was six miles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's we measured it by car. Is that how you did it? With the yeah, car? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, who knows how close that was? You know, yeah. it was pretty close. But now, if we're ten meters off, we're we're at the end of the world. I you know, know. That's not that's not right. That's not a five k. Yeah. Well, back then it was you get within, you know, a tenth, it's two tenths, close enough. close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I used to run. I basically just ran by time. I knew about what pace I was running, and so I estimated how far I ran just based on okay, I ran thirty five minutes today. That's five miles. Yeah, uh, you know, it's that's just the way that I I looked at it um, because we didn't have GPS. And sometimes you'd run a route and you'd go, man, I think I ran a long way. And you'd get in your car and you'd drive that route to see what you ran after you ran it. <laughs> and then you'd find out you were two miles shorter than you thought. I see, I would always do the car drive before the run. Yeah. I wanted to know yeah, how far the, I was going. Well, that, that that's typical for you and I. Yeah. You're the planner. <laughs> you're the actor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I ran 37 miles down. I might need to check that. Uh, but, you know, not only the GPS, but the way that we can track things now, too with Strava and Garmin and all of those things is, yeah. is just transformed everything. We, we used to keep paper logs and now there's all sorts of ways to, to keep that online in apps or on a website that are much easier to keep up with. And I don't know though, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. I, I've gone back and I've looked through paper logs that I kept in the 80s. I've never gone back and looked at, well, that's not true. I've looked back at like some races or something through uh, through Garmin or Strava or something like that. But um, it, the paper one is a little bit easier to flip through mm -hmm. than it is online. But anyway, that's something else that's changed. Um, yeah. Uh, um, here's one thing, though, that you know how it the joke goes that Parents used to tell their kids, I used to walk uphill to both ways in the snow. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, that old joke. 
Well, it, it turns out that when you go back and you look at the stuff, like I go back and I look at what I did in, in high school, let's say, and I realize I didn't do as much as I thought I did. You know, I didn't run quite as many miles as I've kind of led people to believe that I ran. You know what I mean? Because uh, that's one of the good things about the online community is it holds you to this is what you did. You did this. There's mm-hmm. no doubt because it's very, very um, obvious. That's why they say if you don't have your watch on, did it really happen? That's, I know how you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, it, I've gotten less and less. You know, when I first started running, I had to have the latest and greatest. You know, I, nowadays I've got the hand me downs. Yeah, if not. I run on the treadmill, I don't even wear my watch. Yeah, you know, so I, I think I've gotten, I've went and I've went the other way, the past as I've gotten older. Yeah, that you know, I don't really, I don't. Know, I mean, I want to break four hours in the marathon next year, but I'm not going to geek out. Yeah. between now and then i think those days are behind me now that could all change because i know how i get on the i'll see something that's pretty cool and i'm like oh i gotta have that and yeah that could all start again but i don't think it will yeah how about running shoes you know running shoes have changed pretty, I've, they still I've pretty look. much wore this I've, I've worn the same exact running shoe i've wore two different models of running shoes since i started is that right the only reason i changed was they did away with that model yeah the gel blur is what I yeah. started running in and I ran in it to like four or five years ago when they did away with the blur. Yeah. Um, the, what is that? I don't even know what brand that is. Asics. Asics. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Asics gel blur. And now I'm in the, I don't even know what it is. Yeah. I've had a bunch of them though. <laughs> That's the way I so am. I, I just find the cheapest one that's online and yep. that's, buy them and, yeah. Wear them. So yep. yeah, that's, that's exactly the same, but shoes are better for sure. Um, I can remember. I remember running in a pair of shoes for over a thousand miles, um, and that was at a time when the midsole would compress and it would get really hard. And you'd buy a new pair of shoes and you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't mm-hmm. believe I was still running in those." It was like running barefoot. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. And um, we don't now shoes. The cushioning in shoes lasts longer. We're more cognizant of it doesn't make sense to get a thousand miles on a pair of running shoes. And um, back then we were using um, shoe goo. It was called, did you ever seen mm-hmm. shoe goo? Shoe goo was something that you put like, you know, the first place you wear out your shoe is usually on the outside edge of your heel. And it was like a glue that you put on there. It's like a, like a resurfacing. It's like a resurfacing. Yeah. And you just kept building that up so you could run on them longer. Hmm. And of course, when I was young, we didn't have a whole lot of money. And yeah. So, I needed to make those shoes last as long as I could, and and I would. I'd use that shoe. Never heard of shoe goo. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it is. And then, of course, the other thing that's changed is there's a lot of trails to run on now that there weren't back then. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people are are building trails and and having trails to run on that we didn't have back when I was young. I don't remember. I don't know. I remember very very few trails back then Um, in my neighborhood where I was from and down in south of atlanta there were none there were no trails to run on Hmm. and so it was um that's something that's new now now there's there's lots of trails to run on. yeah so that's pretty cool all right well it's a time for dean's thoughts and that's a time when i share something that i've written about the intersection between running and faith so you were a golfer at one time yep you like tiger woods um tough question these days yeah i 
I kind of like the new Tiger Woods. Yeah. The Tiger Woods back when he had his big fall was uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't care for him too much. Just yeah. a little cocky for me and he seems to have mellowed out and Yeah. I think the new Tiger Woods, even though he's not as good as he was back then. But yeah, I mean I th- you can't argue he's he's in the top two or three of all time greatest golfers. Yeah. Out there. But yeah, I yeah, I mean, I love to watch him Yeah, back in his heyday. For sure. Well, this one's called A Lesson from Tiger Woods. I remember when Tiger Woods burst onto the golf scene. He became the most popular golfer on the planet almost overnight. At the apex of his career, he may have been the most popular athlete on the planet. Today, Tiger Woods is just another player, albeit a really famous one, on the PGA Tour. There are a couple of big lessons we can learn from watching his career. First, Tiger Woods did not get there in a few weeks, a few months, or even a few years. He and his father were on The Tonight Show when Tiger was three years old. It took many years of hard work for him to get to the top of the sport. He played golf with his father when he was very young, practicing nearly every day and accompanying his father to the course so that he could put that practice into play. His schedule was rigorous before entering high school. After finishing high school, Tiger played golf at Stanford University. It was then that everyone began to know who he was, but there had been many thousands of hours put into his craft before then. In short, he earned his way to the top. We often look at successful runners and either wonder why we can't do what they do, or we try to do exactly what they do. Neither is a recipe for success. Excellent athletes not only have a gift most of us do not possess, but they also work harder uh, than we have time for. But there is one thing we can learn from these runners. Like Tiger, they're consistent, and we can learn from that. We may not have five hours a day like Tiger did, but we can devote an hour a day. I'm sure there were very few days that he did not have a golf club in his hands. In the same way, what if we did something every day? I don't mean run every day, but maybe core work one day and a run the next. Be consistent with mileage. Make it 20 miles every week rather than 10 one week or 30 the next, or worse, zero than 20. We can't be an athlete like Tiger Woods, but we can learn from athletes like him. The second thing that I feel is important about Tiger is a little sadder. When he was dominating the Masters Tournament when he was 21 years old, we all knew that Jack Nicklaus's record of 18 major championship wins was all but gone. Jack had won seven more than second place Walter Hagen. With his early start and dominating play was only a matter of time. Sure enough, Tiger was halfway there in less than a quarter of the time it took Jack to win his 18 championships. It was a foregone conclusion. Until it wasn't. Today, Tiger sits at 15 major championship wins. Good enough for second, but it looks like his championship days are behind him. I don't know what the betting odds are of Tiger winning an 18th, but I'm sure it is a long shot. Which brings me to my point. He took full advantage of the time he was at the top. He may have been more fun to watch than any golfer in history, and I would guess he will tell you that he has no regrets on the golf course. We need to be thankful for what we can do. Tiger put all he had into his golf while he could. We never knew. We never know what is going to happen tomorrow. We may not be able to run tomorrow. I surely don't wish that on anyone, but it is a reality. 
As I write this, I made a commitment to try to run two consecutive weeks of 100 miles. It's a very lofty goal for me. I'm halfway through that process, and I am terribly sore. I have a choice. I can give in to my body and give up because I have some real doubt about whether I can do it or not. Uh, I've never done it before, and I'm 57 years old. But here's what I know. I have the opportunity to try, and I'm going to take advantage of it. I completed 100.13 miles last week, according to Strava, and I'm about to run the first miles of week two. It is going to be hard, but that difficulty lets me know I'm alive, and there's an awful lot of value in that. If you're struggling, realize that it is a privilege to get a chance to try. Let that be enough to drive you. I can't help but think about Jesus and his life through the same lens. He spent roughly 30 years preparing for a ministry that would last three He packed a lot into those three years. Along the way, he had temptation. One such occasion happened in the desert with Satan, quoting scripture to him as Jesus was weak from fasting. It had to be tough to resist, but Jesus had been consistent, and he had worked on it every day for 30 plus years. Jesus himself spent lots of time getting ready, and then he took advantage of what time he had uh, to do what he came to do, and he ultimately did it. If you're struggling to get out there and make yourself healthier, something we're all called to do, by the way, remember that consistency is vital to success. But also remember that we're only here on this earth for a short time. We must take advantage of the time we have. It is cold outside and I'm terribly sore, but I'm going out to run. How about you? That's a good story, Dean. So how is it? I guess you're, this is day two of week two. Day, this is be day four. Day four of week uh, week two. How's it going? I'm 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 on target. Yeah, I'm on target. I'm worried about Saturday, but uh, long run day. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's we're doing all right. But it's New Year's Eve. You know that's yeah. That should make it easier. Make it easier Kinda. because it's New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll see. We'll see. I got a. I figure I'm going to run 22 on Saturday. So Whew. if I can get that in after. And the bad part about that, I said bad part, I don't know if it's a bad part. I started this, I ran 80 miles a week before I did the first 100 mile week. So it's going to mm. be, I'm going to have 280 miles in three weeks if I, if I complete it. So um, I've never been anywhere well, near that. Well, you hit that, that 3,000 pretty quick going at that rate. Yeah, I'm not going to get to 3,000 this year. No, so, I mean, I'm talking about next year. Oh, next year? Yeah. If I kept that up, I'd get there in a heartbeat. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> I did 100 miles a week. I think three times in my life. Yeah. That's, that's commitment. That's <laughs> commitment. I, my hat's off to you because that was a, uh, that was hard to do. Of course we were do we did it. We didn't, we weren't running every day, but we were doing, that's when we were doing the, the super mileage. We would run about 30, 34 miles. I think it is. We would run, we would leave here, run to Chick-fil-A, eat lunch and run back. And I think that was 34 miles. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was ultra training then, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, so, okay. When are you going to do an ultra race? I don't know. You've, you've kicked that around for years. I have, I have, and I've never done one. The bad part is, is I need to do one in the summer. That's when it's most convenient for me, but that's also when it's toughest and it's also tougher to find one. Yeah. So, um, I've talked about it. For a long time, I'd really like to do the Keys 100. Hmm. It's a 100-mile race that starts, I think, in Key Largo and runs to Key West. 
And when is that? Um, it's in June, I think, normally. So uh, That's a horrible time. It would be. Just it's like it. 100 degrees down there that time of year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it at night? Well, well I guess it's all during every yeah. part of the day. Yeah. Golly bum. Yeah. My goal would be to try to get, my goal would be to try to do it in 24 hours. That would be my goal. I don't know if I could do that, but. That 100 miles in 24 hours? Yeah. I don't think, yeah. Yeah. What pace is that? Well, it's not a super fast pace, but it's. Um, it's like, is that. The longest I ever run is 12, is, is 50 miles, and that took me almost 12 hours. So. Is that like nine minutes a mile? Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. Six. We'll see. No, that's that's slower than nine minutes a mile. Nine minute mile would put you at six. That would put you at six marathons. So it'd be like yeah. 130 miles. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Math math is losing <laughs> me. Well, a lot of people look at a guy like Tiger and they think it must be nice for things to be so easy. Now, yeah. obviously he's got this crazy talent, but without that hard work, nobody would ever have known how talented Tiger Woods was yeah and so every time we look at something somebody like that we tend to think well it must be nice for it to be people look at me and they go oh, it must be nice for running to be so easy mm-hmm. it's not always easy right. i've worked hard for a yeah. lot of years and so um but i've been consistent and that's that's what that's what i'm getting to here is we don't need to put everything in. We don't need to be Tiger Woods and put everything we have into running. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying if we can be consistent with it and, again, like I said in this story, do a little bit every day. Consistency is worth more than any part of your training plan. Yep. It's the act of just doing – even if you – so many people will call a – you know. They're supposed to do a three mile tempo run and they did a three mile easy run and they'll call that a miss. That's not a miss. Yeah. It's it's ninety percent of the way doing your workout. It's not twenty percent. The yeah. act of you putting your shoes on and getting out the door is the biggest part of your training. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. And we never know what tomorrow holds. And I last week we had Bob on here, and I don't remember if he shared this during the podcast or not, but he shared it with me at some point. Um, and I won't share any details, but Bob found himself going from being able to run to completely not being able to run basically overnight mm-hmm. um, for something that happened. And we don't know. Right. And it wasn't something that he did. It wasn't something he did silly. It wasn't something, it wasn't in, it, it was a kind of a freak thing. Mm-hmm. And so we just never know. We need to take advantage of what we have today. Um, I was talking with who was that I was talking to the other day, and we were talking about how, as as you get older, it gets harder to stay in shape. And so it was it was Evan. I was running with Evan. I ran about four miles with Evan the other day on the track, and he was talking about how much he cares about his mother and his brother who do no exercise, and he's trying to encourage them. He was sharing with me ways that he's trying to encourage them because. He says, well, I guess I know at some point in time, my father tells me it gets a lot harder when you get older. I'm like, oh, yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, it does. Um, but he's got the right idea when he's young. Yeah. And so it's great if we can figure it out uh, when we're young, how to do those things, because you don't know how long you're going to have. So, yeah. So we'll see if I can get to the end of this uh, 
There'll come a day when I cannot run, but today's not that day. Who said that? Yeah, I don't remember, but that was a good quote. I like that one. Where where did I hear that? Is that Dean Carnassus? Was that his thing? I don't know. Somebody says that. There'll be a day when I cannot run, but today is not that day. While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this is the reason this week. It's easy to learn. (laughs) You know, running really is simple. You can learn how to run. Actually, it's almost like you don't have to. It's like it's built into all of us. Born to run. Yeah, that's right. Uh, But don't don't confuse it's easy to learn with it's easy to do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because those are two very different things. Uh, Yeah, I was... um, I was watching a video. This made me think about it the other day. I'm watching a video of this guy who's been taking drum lessons for 14 months. And he's basically jamming with a guy who's playing the guitar. And I'm watching him play the drums. And you can tell he's a fairly new drummer. But he's been at it for 14 months. Yeah, You know, that doesn't happen in running. If somebody's been running for 14 months, you can't tell if they've been running for a week or 14 months. You can't tell. Because running is running. So the idea that running is so simple... Um, and so easy to learn is awesome. So that's my that's my why it's awesome this week. <laughs> um, man, I'll tell you what. The other day I ran on. Uh, did you see that morning where the roads were super icy? Were yeah. they real bad here? Yeah. And at my house, they were like there were two cars at the bottom of the hill because yeah. they couldn't get up the hill. Uh, it's like a just it was just a sheet of ice. Everything was just I don't know if the snow melted just enough and then Well, you know, I told you we were we were out that night before and we were at a cell phone place. We were getting some work done on our cell phones and uh it started snowing and I was looking at my watch and Holly, I was like, It's because it was already twenty nine degrees and it was raining outside. So you know, oh, people up raining. north people up north don't understand whether it's snow in the south they think these southerners they can't drive in snow usually we're not driving in snow we're driving on ice Mm -hmm. and uh yeah we were coming home and on chatsworth highway um i was getting so upset because some people don't know how to drive on ice you know there is an art to that and it's the first artistic part is you don't hit your brakes there were people sliding all over the road on chatsworth highway and i was just weaving around them because I wasn't, wow. but they 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 panic and they hit the brakes and it's over. Then I mean, you're not getting control back. So, yep. yeah, that was a which is exactly what I did on my run. I ran about two minutes a mile slower than I normally run yeah. because you, I I had to stay upright. Yeah, so I had to keep my weight um, on, on the ball of my foot. Um, I don't know what my heart rate was, but I bet it was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty low, uh, for sure. Um, but it's uh, so. Here's a question. Was it good for me to go out and do that? Did it do me any good to run two minutes slower than I normally run my easy pace? Absolutely. And and that's what I say, too. Yeah. Better to do something than to do nothing right. for two reasons. It has a little bit of a physical benefit, although it wasn't much different than going for a walk um, at that point. But the mental side 
of getting out there and checking that off was important. Well, there's something about it. And I think, man, you're wired this way. There's something about you get done with that. And it's just like, even though you're in two minutes a mile slower, you feel like you did way more because of the conditions yeah. like like your rambo or something i don't know it's just <laughs> i get that feeling when i do something like that whether it's rain or snow or ice or you know any kind of harsh conditions the the weather or the condition factor adds three minutes a mile i don't know you know it's it yeah. just it makes you something about it i just Amps yeah. me up when you get done. Yeah, and I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And any time that you overcome something, yeah, it just makes you feel good yeah. about it. So the next time that you're faced with something that's hard, um, look at it as an opportunity to overcome. Because that's kind of the way I look at it. When I went out and I realized that it was icy, I could have turned around and walked back in my house. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And um and there were points where I thought, I'm not sure if this is smart, but so here's the thing. We're not advocating for anybody to go out and do anything dangerous. <laughs> okay. We're but test you yourself. And, test yourself is yeah. the point. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting here looking highlighted in my Bible right now. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Well, flip that over to exercise. It's the same thing. It is. Yeah. It's that's why that's why I run for God works mm-hmm. because that analogy in our spiritual life bleeds right over to our an analogy for our running life. Yeah, do hard things, and the things that you used to think hard were hard, we're going to feel easier. Yeah, because you test yourself. Yeah. Well, if you're looking for a goal for this year, let me give you one. Let me give you a goal that you can you can work on this year volunteer at a race we mm-hmm. were just talking about all the being encouraging and stuff volunteering at a race will really it, it'll let you look at at those things in a whole different light so maybe that's a good way for you to give back and for mm-hmm. you to do something and spread some you can share jesus where you run for god's shirt and and be a part of that so thinking back on the year can you think of any is there anything that sticks out in your mind as being crazy this past year from a running standpoint Give me yours and I'll think about mine. My, mine was the New York City Marathon. We talked about it on the podcast. Daniel DeNasamiento, who was had like a two and a half minute lead on every, the whole pack. And he, oh, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. going out so fast. He, he went stopped and him. went to the Port of John. <laughs> and then he walked a little bit and didn't get past until after he laid down on the side of the course. Yeah, that, that was my favorite crazy moment of the year. Although there were a few. There were some other uh, competitive type crazy moments. Um, I remember uh, Donovan Brazier. He was an uh, a, he's a 800 meter runner. He was running the 400 meters actually. He got disqualified from a race on the indoor championships, and then um, so he was going to go home. He was trying to book a flight to go home early the next day. Well, the flight was full, so he didn't go. That next morning, they called him and said, "We've changed our mind. You're not dis- you, you, you're, You've been reinstated." <laughs> Well, the problem was is the guy went out and he did stuff that night before he shouldn't have done because he was upset about mm-hmm. being disqualified for something he didn't do. And so it came back to haunt him because mm-hmm. he didn't do well in the final. Uh, that was a crazy moment. So <laughs> I don't know if you can think of any others, but 
No, none, none popping in my head right now. I do know this. I do know that we have a number of Run Club members that have done some great things this year, and we've seen a lot of that online. So keep sharing all of those great things because um, everybody enjoys those things, mm-hmm. and I know how it is. I don't share a whole lot of what I do uh, because I'm, I just don't want it to sound like I'm bragging or something, and, and so I, I, that's a lot of the reason why I don't share a whole lot of what I do personally. But um, We're watching. I also have people – that say, man, I really like it when you do that. I got an email from somebody the other day. We really love that video you sent out after you yeah. ran that day. You know, it's like, okay, I should do more. Yeah. Uh, and we should all do more. We should all be sharing and, and trying to help encourage others. So um, keep up that that good work. So you got, of course, we're recording this before New Year's. So you got any New Year's plans? I have my, every year I do the same thing. Which is? Twilight Zone Marathon. See, we have sushi night. Oh, sushi. And this year we got the Peach Bowl. That's right. Is that? I, I mean, you're a Georgia Tech fan, so you wouldn't know anything. You probably don't even know what's going on. But yeah, uh-huh. Georgia's going to Georgia's going to be one step closer to a national championship. Go dogs! We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, we always have uh, us and the neighbors. We we have a big sushi buffet. We're all sushi people. All right, and. Uh, I've, I'm trying something this year I've never done before. I did a test batch the other night. You know, I like to cook. Yeah. But mainly I like to cook things on the smoker. Well, I'm I'm changing up my repertoire, and I, I'm trying hot and sour soup. Do you like hot and sour soup? I don't know. Really? Yeah. I love it, and I'm trying to make it. But the thing I've learned about oriental soups, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, it, it's oh, going to yeah? cost a war pension to make this pot of soup. <laughs> Cause you gotta go buy all this stuff. Yeah, I think it'd be yeah. cheaper to go down to the Chinese place and just get a gallon of it and make everybody think I made it. But wow, I'm gonna try to. But I, I did pretty good on the first batch. So cool. That's I'll, I'll cool. keep you posted. I'll have to try it. All right. Well, we have a trivia question for this week, and it is this: If you've been running for any time at all, you've probably had some sort of minor running injury. For example, maybe you turned an ankle running on a trail. Anytime you get swelling from an injury, there is an acronym that we use for treatment. The acronym is RICE, R-I-C-E. What do the letters in that term mean? It's a good one. Yeah, I thought that would be, I don't want to talk about injuries too much, but I thought that's, we should all know that one. So if you know the answer to that, send it to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to answer that question correctly, you're going to win money, basically, in the Run For God store. So, uh you need to you need to get on it. I think you'll get a lot of answers to this one. Yeah, because I think most everybody should know that acronym. I hope you do. Hope you do. And we'll leave you with this: a motivational thought of the week. <laughs> I love this one. This comes from Hillary De Piano. He's a playwright and author. I don't know who this person is, but I do know that this is a cool quote. You can get excited about the future; the past won't mind. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> It's okay to get excited. We have a new year. It's okay. Be excited and and stay excited all year long for whatever it is that you're going to do this year. Um, because the, the the more we can be and stay excited, the more likely we are to follow through on whatever it is that we're doing. Right? Yep. Absolutely. All right, Dean. Till next year. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> May God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean.
For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.